Welcome to Vedic Living. I'm Ben Collins. In this series of podcasts, Sapana Kanokar and I explore ways to utilize the insights of the ancient Vedic Rishis to establish a life full of good health, balance, and spiritual fulfillment. This week, we present the last segment in our series on the three doshas in Ayurveda, Kapha dosha. Kapha is the watery, earthy dosha that is soft and nurturing. And no god is more associated with these qualities than Ganesha, with his nice big belly and soft, calm nature. So we start off with a story about Ganesha and the moon. Then, Aparnak presents the qualities and characteristics of Kapha dosha, ways to recognize when it's out of balance, and tips to restore and maintain that balance through routine and nutrition. And at the end of the podcast, I present a series of three different versions of the Ganesha Gayatri Mantra. Well, hello, Aparna. It's good to speak with you again. Hi, Ben. Good to talk to you, too. So here we are, all nice, fat, and happy around the Christmas season. So today we're going to talk about Kapha Dosha. Yes, we are. The last of the three. And uh, certainly compared to Pitta and Vata, Kapha is just so nice and slow-moving and calm and nurturing. It's a good thing, Kapha. It's a very wonderful and necessary thing, yes. And Kapha people tend to be a little uh, a little portly, as my children like to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly no god is more portly than Ganesha. Yes. <laughs> also known as Lambodara, the one with the big belly. And, uh, you know, that's a physical representation of that very Kapha sense of being, you know, accepting and supporting and absorbing everything. And, it, you know, and it's actually very nice. Um, one of the images of the universe being inside Ganesha's belly. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a very funny story um, about that. Um, there, there was a time when Ganesha was invited to a big festival uh, with Indra, the king of the gods. And uh, I, I think the gods liked to eat a lot because Ganesha was fed an enormous amount of food, everything, anything that he <laughs> liked, and in whatever quantity he desired. Uh, but it became time uh, to have dessert, and Ganesha found that he was just simply too hungry. So he took a little bundle of Modica balls, his, his favorite dessert with him. And Modica balls are like toasted coconut and jaggery in a steamed dumpling. Yes. Oh, they are so good. Uh, but Ganesha had eaten so much food that his his mouse, Mushika, that he rides around on, couldn't lift him. And so Ganesha had to walk. And uh, like most Kapha people, he just sort of shrugged it off and he started to walk home. And uh, after a while, he got hungry again. And so he started to munch on the Modica balls. And uh, they are those things that, uh, you know, you can't eat just one. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so he's eating and eating and eating Modica balls, and he can't stop. And he ate so many that he was having trouble walking, and he tripped over a root on the path, and he fell down. And as he did, his stomach split open, and it spilled out all the Modica balls all over the road. Mm. And the moon, who had seen the whole thing, burst out in laughter and mocked him mercilessly. And, uh, uh, well... Uh, pittas are slow to anger, but uh, kapha, uh, are quick to anger, but kaphas are slow. However, 
once you get them going. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, and Ganesha uh, took his his left tusk and he broke it off and he threw it at the moon and hit him right in the middle of the forehead and split his face in two. Mm. Which kind of got the moon's attention, and uh, he sort of begged his uh, begged forgiveness from Ganesha, and uh, Ganesha restored him to wholeness, but he cursed him to wax and wane in an endless cycle. So every time, and I told my my kids this when they were young, so every time that uh, you go outside and you look up at the moon, you can see which way the moon is ducking, hmm. right? As he ducks back and forth trying to avoid Ganesha. When we think of Kapha, it's great to think of Ganesha because it's, it's an image that fits rather nicely. Well, in terms of Ayurveda, Kapha is represented by earth and water. And imagine taking a pound of earth and mixing it with water. And what you have is this thick, goopy, heavy, dense, wet and cold mess. And it's wonderful to play with. Children love playing in water and mud. Probably very grounding for children. That's why they love it. If you can just picture that in your mind, then you can understand how kapha is. It's heavy. It's dense. It's sweet. It's oily. It's sticky. It's also it's also very um, it's very fertile. Totally. And yeah. the interesting thing about that is in the Sri Suktam which is about Lakshmi, and it comes from the Rig Veda, there's a couple lines where they talk about how uh, Vishnu's, uh, one wife of Vishnu, Bhumi Devi, is the earth. Mm -hmm. She's the dirt. And Lakshmi is the moisture. Mm -hmm. So both of Vishnu's wives combine to create you know, fertility, which is the essence of wealth, and yeah. looked at from... A different angle, what you're really talking about also, is yeah. this sense of kapha dosha, this kind of gooey, sticky, muddy, but but fer fertile. And sweet and just yes. cool and just perfect on many levels, very grounded. I would say probably kapha represent, is represented by the planet Venus. I would uh, absolutely. So earth, of course, the element of earth is solid. And because of that, it represents stability, rigidity, some level of permanence. Within the body, it represents bones, the teeth, cells, tissues. These are all manifestations of the element of earth. And water, of course, is the liquid state. And that is represented in the body in the form of blood, lymph, the, the fluids between our cells. And water, as I as I talked about in the previous podcast, is also responsible for carrying away waste and um, also moves around hormonal information and it regulates temperature. So those are the two elements that we consider today in our Kapha podcast. And the tastes that uh, pacify Kapha are pungent, bitter, and astringent. So pungent is something, any food that's heating, things like garlic, ginger, black pepper, cumin, clove. And bitter foods are foods that actually dry out some of the kapha, as well as astringent. Both of those dry out kapha in the body. So that's why they pacify kapha. 
So again, we're employing the principle of opposites. We take something that's dense and cold and oily and thick and sticky as kapha and we pacify it with pungent, bitter and astringent foods that are drying and heating. Um, now, the sense that's related to the element of water is taste. And the sense organ is, of course, the tongue. And the action is procreation, and the organ of action is the genitals. And for earth, the sense is smell, and the sense organ is nose. And the action is excretion, and the organ of action would be the excretory organs. So, now we know that kapha represents water and earth, and it's responsible for structure, and lubrication. It's kind of the stirring force within the body. If you just have, let's say, a pile of mud in a bucket and you pour water over it, you'll soon see that the water and the earth will separate. The earth will settle to the bottom, the water will be on top. And this kapha energy, this subtle energy of kapha, is the stirring force within the body with, with these two elements. Um, kapha dosha generates material in the body. It's responsible for our immune system function. It lubricates our joints. It gives moisture to the skin. It heals our wounds. It, give, it gives us biological strength and stamina and vitality. Kapha people are very strong. They have strong bodies, strong minds. It supports our memory. And it also gives energy to our heart and lungs. And kapha is present in the chest, lungs, throat, mouth, our head, our sinuses, our joints, and in the plasma of the blood. But the seat of kapha is in the chest. And children are in their kapha state. So when we're born till we're about um, 25 or 30, we're in a kapha stage of our life. And starting about 30 until we hit about 50 or 55, we're in the pitta stage of our life. And after that, we go into, the kapha, into our vata stage. So those of us who have children, and if we remember our own childhoods, we probably got a lot of respiratory illnesses, colds and coughs and sinus issues. And some people even struggle with asthma and wheezing. Those are all kapha imbalanced and kapha-induced illnesses. And those are considered normal for the kapha stage of life, just for us to suffer from. Um, and the characteristics of a kapha person, um, they're caring, they're centered, they're very grounded. They're not easily shaken like a vata person. They're not fragile in that way. They're compassionate. They have patience, which pittas often struggle with. <laughs> Yes, and they're stable, they're tender, they move slowly. And in Ayurveda, you know, doing things slowly, moving slowly is considered one of the ways to enhance your longevity. Those who move fast and do everything fast, they burn off their tissues and their mental energy and their prana quickly. So it's encouraged that you move slowly. It's a good quality. It's, it's a quality of grace and beauty. Um, kapha people, when they're balanced, are also very affectionate and loving. They're generous in their heart. They have a lot of room in their heart for love, for
for family, for friends. Um, they're also reliable. They have steady energy. A Vata person has a big burst of energy and they're fatigued. Pittas are somewhere in the middle, but Kaphas can sustain for a long time. Um, they are slower to learn, but they never forget. Vatas, for instance, are quick to learn and quick to forget. Vatas and Kaphas are kind of the opposite of each other. Um, Kapha people have soft hair and they have large, soft eyes. They have more white, the white part of their eyes, quite large. Uh, when they're imbalanced, they tend to be overweight and have sluggish digestion. They're also prone to depression. Um, pittas, as we've talked about before, are prone to anger. So kaphas are prone to depression. And sexually, they're slow to arouse, but they're most, they have the most endurance. They also have a very strong immune system. They save money. They can also be possessive of people and things. Um, physically, they have strong bodies, big expanded chest, thick skin. I think I mentioned in our Vata podcast that Vata people have very thin skin with uh, protruding veins and tendons. You won't see that in a Kapha person. They have thick, solid skin. Um, they have bright skin, they have thick hair, and they generally have to have soft skin because they have so much moisture in their body. Um, when it comes to health problems, they struggle with, of course, we all know by now, they struggle with weight issues. They also have sinus issues and just respiratory illnesses. Um, how do we pacify kapha with um, food? and reg regular rigorous exercise, vigorous exercise. Um, and of course, abhyanga and meditation is very good, especially when you're prone to depression. Meditation is one of the best ways to remember who we are and have our connection to the divine. Um, I just wanted to briefly mention some things that increase kapha. Um, eating too many sweets, which I'm sure we've all indulged during the holiday season, and excessive eating of meat, um, dairy products such as milk and ghee and butter and cheese, even fried foods, and too much exposure to cold can also aggravate your kapha. And definitely taking naps after meals is not a good idea for your kapha. And some even say that drinking too much water can increase kapha, which makes sense because there's already so much water in the kapha, in the two elements, water and earth. There's already so much water in the body. So in India, the oil that's used for abhyanga for kaphas is mustard oil because it's heating and also sesame oil. They're both heating. Um, in terms of food, um, bitter and pungent foods are very good for kapha people. Um, barley, a barley soup would be great with some garlic and some cayenne and vegetables, of course. Corn is good and millet is a great grain for um, pacifying kapha. Um, kapha people are very fortunate in that they get to eat all the hot spices that the pitas can't. They can eat uh, red chilies, they can eat garlic and ginger, black pepper, jalapenos, um, 
those are all quite good for kapha because it gets them going it heats them up and um yoga of course like a good flow kind of a class would be great for reducing kapha as well as running or fast walking any vigorous exercise even some weight lifting with reasonable moderate amount of weights would be good um kapha people need to keep moving they like to lounge around and do less and just take it easy and they're just very content but they actually need the opposite to maintain their weight and um to just feel good so those are some of the basic things that would be really good for kaphas well so then with kapha um one of the big problems i think is that uh um you know kaphas just like to eat um so what they just like the process of eating i mean that's one of the reasons why they gain weight Yes. What are some of the things that kapha people uh, can snack on? Oh, they can snack on raw vegetables. They can uh, make a hummus, hummus dip, right? Or another kind of like a white bean dip or anything like that. That's not very oily or heavy. And then they can have some raw vegetables. They can get away with raw vegetables: carrot sticks, celery sticks, zucchini. Um, not cucumber because cucumber has a lot of water and that would aggravate kapha and also in terms of meals you know they do very well with a light vata diet you know we've talked about vatas needing warm soupy foods oily foods but we just take all that excessive oil out for the kaphas not very tiny amounts of ghee and oil for kapha person but the same kind of a diet a vata pacifying diet but very light so the kapha is not aggravated so um dal dal is okay dal, dal and beans great. and such yes because they have wonderful astringent properties and and kaphas need that but now how much ghee you put in it is something you want to watch in fact maybe even just a few drops because it has that wonderful sattvic essence you want that for for yourself from ghee but very small amounts and even the oil you use you know it's better to use very small amounts of oil in the cooking uh-huh. salads are great for kaphas steamed vegetables they can eat all the beans all the legumes um millet they can have millet instead of rice because rice is very starchy and it has a lot of sugar in it or and if they must eat rice brown rice would be good and if they must drink milk cow's milk skimmed milk would be the best for them in small amounts and for a sweetener what kind of sweetener should they use cuz sugar is going to be bad for them right yes it is so um stevia is a wonderful sweetener and you only use very small amounts and it will give you a great deal of um satisfaction to your sweet tooth um you can get that at stores like trader joe's or whole foods um small amounts of agave is also okay and um if they must eat anything sweet a little little bit of honey is okay but you don't want to add honey to hot cooked foods because it's not very healthy to eat honey in hot food so you might use it in some room temperature foods and as always you know moderate amounts of sweet fruits will always like a handful of grapes will be very satisfying 
or a couple of dates with a very small amount of almond butter in them, mm-hmm. very small, like half a teaspoon, would be very satisfying. And of course, you know, when you do indulge in the cheesecake or the ice cream or whatever, do so very while being aware that you're doing it and you you counter that later on with a very light meal. Have some khichri or just a bowl of soup instead of having another meal five hours later. Um, when I go to India, I see my Ayurvedic doctor there and um, I took one of my American friends with me some years ago and she had a kapha imbalance and he told her she really only needed two meals a day. It was very hard for her to accept that <laughs> <laughs> because she loves food and she loves to eat and um, you know, it's kind of an inside joke that kaffas simply sometimes gain weight from looking at food. So right. it's very important to them to be able to eat. So I don't advocate starving yourself. I just say eat smaller amounts and eat slowly and be aware and eat a light vata pacifying diet. Eat millet. Eat a corn tortilla, have a bowl of soup, have a salad, have some steamed greens with a little ginger and a little garlic and cayenne, small amounts. And um, it'll be very satisfying and it will help you lose weight and maintain weight while nourishing you the Ayurvedic way. How about lassi, yogurt? Lassi is okay for lunch. Um you know, we don't have a standard lassi for all doshas. The ratio of water to yogurt is different for different doshas. For instance, vatas can have a half one-to-one ratio. That is one portion of yogurt, one portion of water. For pittas, we reduce that. We make it about three-quarters yogurt and one, one part water um, because the sour element of the yogurt can be heating for pitta. But for kapha, we would do one one quarter part yogurt and one part water. So it'll be a very watery lassi. But it will be satisfying nevertheless with some cumin and a very small amount of salt. Or even um, a tiny amount of grated fresh ginger would be delicious and stimulating to your dosha, to your kapha dosha. And in terms of uh, of uh, fruit um, and and juices, what do you recommend? Well, as I said earlier, you know, for kaffas, it's you have to be very careful of eating fruit. Um, you can have fruit, but in moderate amounts, small amounts, ah, okay. apples, cranberries, uh, pears. Those are all good. Um, pomegranate. Pomegranate is good. Yeah, pomegranate is even wonderful for pittas. Mm. Um, small amounts of bananas. Bananas are very kapha aggravating for for really for any of us. They're harder to digest. Um, cooked bananas are better than raw, even if it's ripe. Cooked is better. Um, so small amount of fruit, more pungent and bitter foods, more cooked vegetables, more salad, more beans, more legumes more millet and barley and corn. Those are things that kaffas do best with. It doesn't mean you should not have fruit, but have it consciously, knowing that it will aggravate you because there's a lot of sugar in all the fruits, so you have small amounts. To satiate that 
desire and also because it has wonderful health benefits. Excellent. Well, you know, in um, at the beginning of the podcast, we were talking about Ganesha. And uh, in some of our, I think it was our first podcast, we talked about a Ganesha mantra, um, Gam Ganapataye Namaha. Yes. So if you're familiar with that particular mantra, I mean, that's great. And if you are wanting something a little bit more elaborate, you can always do Ganesha Gayatri mantra. And I have three variations on this mantra, which I'll put the text for in the show notes. Uh, the first one is uh, <clears throat> Ekadantaya Vidmahe Vakratundaya Dimihi Tano Dandi Pachodayat. Uh, Vakratundaya is, is uh, uh, the, the obstacle removing aspect of uh, Ganesha. And for what I think of as Kapha Ganesha, Lambodara Ganesha with the big belly, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Gayatri is Om Lambodaraya Vidmahe Mahodaraya Dimihi Tano Dandi Prachodiyat. And the form that comes from the Rig Veda, Tat Purushaya Vidmahe Vakratundaya Dimihi Tano Dandi Prachodiyat. Mm-hmm. 